0: Jesus here today. Um, John chapter 15, if you have your Bible or uh, your message notes that were in your worship guide whenever you came in, uh, if, you're, if you're new with us, we have binders that you can uh, take as you leave that's already been paid for uh, by the generous people here at City Hills. You can take one and collect your message notes week to week, but we're, we're going to be in John chapter 15, and if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 4 because we're going to be there. As well But Jesus says I am Could you say that with me I am We talked a couple of weeks ago About how, uh, how How important that was How Jesus was saying How he is God He is essentially Identifying himself As the God of the Old Testament That spoke to Moses He says I am the true vine And my father is the gardener He cuts off every branch in me That bears no fruit While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it can be even more fruitful. Verse three, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. I love that part. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you do what? Remain in me. See a. theme developing in this passage. Verse five, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you do what? Remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Today, we're talking about how Jesus says, I am the true vine. And if I could put a subtitle on this message today, I would just call it The Blessing of Being a Branch. The Blessing of Being a Branch. And uh, why don't we just pray today? And I just want the Lord to just do a work what only He can do here this afternoon, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, for your work, God. this This passage of Scripture, Lord, it, it is it's been uh, meat for me, Lord, when I've hung when I've been hungry, God. It's 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 been something refreshing, God, in a weary land. And would you just speak to me again today from it, God? Would you help us to see who you are? Lord, and uh, we, we want to be changed. We don't want to just get information. We want to be transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I am the true vine, Jesus said. This this concept of the I am comes from the book of Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4. Whenever God is revealing himself to Moses, Moses is at a really hard place in his life. He's been running for 40 years from his purpose. That's a long time to run, right? You know, a little bit. Uh, I don't know anyone who uh, you, you've, you've been running 40 years maybe you have from God and if you have you would identify with Moses 40 years running from his purpose running from his calling and and God meets him there at this place um, of a failure at this place where he's destitute at this place where he doesn't know uh, what's going to happen and the story of Moses always reminds me that you can run from God but you can't outrun God reminds me that your failures never define you as long as you're um, as long as you're dealing with, with, with Jesus, that, that, that he's, he's there as close as the mention of his name no matter how far you run. I and mean, God's been so faithful to me even whenever I haven't been faithful to him. I, I love what we read earlier where he said, I will remain in you. And I think, thank you, Lord, you've remained for me when I haven't remained for you. And God's always been faithful. And this is where we see in the story of Moses that God still has a purpose for Moses despite his failures, And if you've made some mistakes, maybe even recently, I want you to know God is still, He still loves you today. And He still cares for you today. And it's my privilege to tell you that, that God's not looking for perfect people. This church is not for perfect people. This church is imperfect people coming to a perfect God. And and, and Moses meets God, and God starts showing him, I am the I am. And there's so many of these statements that Jesus says about the I am that you can trace back to Moses' story. We heard last week, it was awesome about how he's the good shepherd and, uh, and you know Moses was tending sheep. You know, There's a lot of uh, correlation between the I am statements of Jesus and what Moses was walking through. And, and in Exodus chapter four, verse two, it's not in your notes, but it is on the screen. Uh, God has this encounter with Moses. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of the story. It says, then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a staff or a stick or a branch, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. And I said, amen, brother Moses, to that. I will join you on that journey to run from the snake. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And I think this is where Moses got his stutter. Because he said, whoa, whoa, what, God, you want me to do, 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 do what with the snake? And I think that's where he got his stutter. So, so Moses reached out and took a hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Moses was at a place where I think his life really was represented in the object that God asked him to give to him he was a staff if I only had a staff if I only had a stick or a branch oh there you go There I got a what do you know Uh, all the way from all the way from Israel all right here or my backyard one of the two I think Moses' life was really represented by this stick this branch that he had in his hand this staff it was I I picked this up out of my backyard yesterday and, and, and I don't know how long it's been laying in my backyard i it's 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 disconnected. It was broken when I picked it up. Um, there's really nothing uh, special about it. It had been forgotten. I don't know how long it was out there. I've brought it in, set it on the living room table, and my wife walks in and says, "What's that stick doing in our house?" You know, it's it's, it's you know she didn't she wasn't excited to see the stick. You know, she wasn't. Oh, awesome! A stick in our house. I love it. No, uh, you know, it, it was it, it was seen as a nuisance. It was seen as. It's not something very valuable. And I think this is where Moses was in his life. Disconnected, dry, broken, forgotten. God says to Moses, take this broken, dry, forgotten stick, this ordinary thing, and cast it down. And when he did, it became a serpent, and he started running. (laughs) And, And... and then God tells him to take it and pick it up by the tail. I don't know why He didn't say pick it up by the head, because I've watched enough G- National Geographic to know you don't mess with a snake by the tail. But but God, <laughs> I heard one preacher say if you take care of the if you take care of the little end, God will take care of the big end. And. Uh, and, and, and God did this miraculous thing with Moses. But, but, but I, I think the staff was just God's illustration of Moses' life to simply say this, Moses, let me show you what I can do with a disconnected, dry, purposeless, forgotten stick. Watch what I can do with it when it gets connected to me. See, God specializes in using the ordinary. I think sometimes we think God's looking for the miraculous, that God's looking for the spectacular, like, like God's looking for perfect people to do all of his work in ministry. You know, uh, the the, the well educated, the, the the naturally good looking, the people with with all the intelligence, and like like that's who God's looking for. And I, I just want to give you some encouragement. If that's you out here today, if you're everything's kind of good in your life and you're you got it all together and you just you good look, you just I just want to help you out. God can use you too. I mean, he may he could use you too. He could. He just specializes in using the rest of us. He specializes. In using ordinary people. Because sometimes God just needs a branch. That's it. Red Sea need to be parted. Let's take that stick, Moses. That ordinary, forgotten, broken stick. Let's, let's stretch it out over the impossibility and let's walk on dry land. You know, I think in the scripture where the, the, the waters of Mara were bitter for the people of God and they couldn't drink it, and God says, Hey, why don't you find a stick? and throw it in and when the stick touched the bitter waters it turned sweet because sometimes all God needs is just an ordinary stick. Think about the sons of the prophets that were building the house of God and the only they didn't have a bobcat, they didn't have an auger, all they had was an axe head. And when their piece of equipment fell into the river, they were hopeless to build God's house. But God says, is there somebody that has a stick? And they took a stick, an ordinary stick, and they threw it in the water. And when that stick touched the water, that axe head started floating. And the Bible says it started doing the backstroke and swimming on that water that day. Because sometimes all God needs is a stick. Sometimes God can take the ordinary and turn it into something extraordinary when it gets connected to Him. And and when it came time to redeem humanity and and, and kick the devil in the teeth and and, and cause sin and Satan to be destroyed on a cross, it just took two sticks and the Son of God on on those two sticks. And God, sometimes all He needs is just something ordinary, just a stick. And I, I, I think about my life and... And, and just the reality that, that, that only God, it's only God that, that has changed me, that has blessed my life. Uh, I was talking to a friend, a friend of mine in town, he's a businessman, he's not a believer, a couple weeks ago, and we were, had a great conversation, and he just kind of asked me, he said, what's the deal, like, with this church thing, you know, kind of got down to the brass tacks of it all, So said, what's, why are you a pastor? Like, what does that mean? What is that? Why you? Like, why Why didn't you go into doing something else? And all I knew how to tell him was, you know what? I, you know, he kind of asked me, you know, why did you choose religion? And, and I, I tried to let him know in the best way that I just knew as a friend to say, man, I grew up with religion I know all about religion But I'm not doing what I'm doing today Because of religion I know all about religion But one day As a teenager I got connected To something that changed me And I found out That I could have a relationship with God Not a religion for God But a relationship with with God And, And if I could just say it Plain. I didn't know how to describe it to him, but but essentially, what I wanted to say is, I just got tied in to a blessed vine, and and, and I, I just got tied in to God, and, and and my my problems didn't all go away, and I, I it wasn't that everything was fixed and perfect, but I had a blessed. I was I was attached to something that was blessed. I was attached to something that changed me forever. And John fifteen to me has been such a source of source of strength in life for for so many years because I think it's just really my story. I look at it; it's it's my life because Jesus simply says, "I'm the vine," like like I am the source of your life. And I spent a lot of years trying to find validation from other people. I spent a lot of years bitter at people from my past and trying as a young person to 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 find the source of my life in other things and, 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 and one day when I met Jesus it, it, everything changed uh, I, the thought I mean I would sit in church and fall asleep like easy like I was like alright it's gonna be good time to fall you know I would, just, I would just no interest no heart for God no just, just just going through the religious motions but then after I got tied into Jesus it was like I couldn't get enough of him. And, and I would go and I would read my Bible instead of watching television as a teenager. And just stuff on the inside started changing and I realized I was attached to something that was life changing. It was no longer a religion. It wasn't long. Well, no longer coming to church because somebody else come to church or going through the motion just to go through the motion. But it became something alive for me because I found the true vine. I pray somebody finds them today. I pray somebody realizes maybe what you've found and is reminded by that today. So I just want to share with you, as I was studying this passage, I just want to share with you today what I've found in the vine. This is what I've found in Jesus. And I think John 15 just walks it out so beautifully. First thing that I've found in Jesus is essentially this, that my life is in the vine. My life is in the vine. I tried a lot of other things. I still today. I don't want to stand up here and even try to give off the impression that I still don't get connected and try to connect to other things. But guys, at the end of the day, I always come to the same conclusion that it's only Jesus that satisfies the, my soul. I can't. I can't speak for anybody else. I mean, it's not. Not about anybody else. I when I get connected to Him, it changes me like nothing else. My life is in the vine. See, when Jesus was saying this, this was just something that was common language for everybody around him. So, so it would be like me talking about a car. It'd be like me talking about uh, the Smoky Mountains. It'd be like me talking about the Vols. You know? It'd be like me you know, talking about something that everybody kind of has in common. He was talking, many scholars believe he was walking through this kind of vineyard place in the Kidron Valley and just speaking Using it as an illustration about who he was. So, maybe you're uh, into horticulture and you know all about vineyards. But if you don't, for the rest of us, I did some research this week, and here's some pictures of what a vineyard looks like. That that this is the vine, if you will, the 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 thing that's standing up, and then the branches are are, are what's flowering, and that's where the grapes come. That's where the fruit is. And Jesus is essentially saying, don't ever forget where your source is. Don't forget what the relationship is supposed to be. You're not the vine. Other people are not the vine. Your boss at work, not the vine. um, The the people around, not the vine. Uh, Your pocketbook, not the vine. Our economy, not the vine. Our nation, not the vine. Religion, not the vine. All these different things. Jesus says, never forget, the relationship that I'm the vine and you're the branches. Everything comes off of me. And if we don't understand this, we'll start trying to bless ourselves, promote ourselves, be the source of our own life, only to be disappointed. And Jesus was saying simply this, never forget that you come from me and if you'll stay connected to me, then, then all the good things flow. I love this passage because he's just simply saying Christianity is simple. I think we make it so complicated. We put all these steps to it. We put all these different things, and it's all out of a heart trying to help people grow. But whenever I read John 15, I just see Jesus being so simple to say, just stay connected to me. That's what it is. It's not trying to figure it out. You don't have to be so intelligent. It's a blessing of being the branch. No, the branch isn't out there trying to produce, oh, you can do it, oh, you yeah. know. As long as just the branch just plugs in, it doesn't even have to work. The, the fruit comes from the vine, not from the branch. The branch just has to stay connected. See, this is how it was in the beginning. When God created uh, plants, animals, fish, He didn't speak, let there be fish. He spoke to the thing, the water. He spoke to the thing that the fish would come from, be sustained by, and one day return to. Read it for yourself Genesis chapter, you know, chapters one through three. Read it. When God speaks, when God makes animals, he speaks to the earth. Why? Because there was going to be a relationship there. The, The animals would be fed by, they would come from the earth. They'd be fed by the earth, and one day they'd return to the earth. The fish, they would come from the water, be sustained by the water, and one day return to the water. The plants come from the earth. Why? Because God wanted there to be a relationship there between the earth and the plant. It comes from the earth, be sustained by the earth, and one day will return to the earth. And then when God created man, what did he do? He didn't speak to the sky, he didn't speak to the water, he didn't speak to the fish, to, 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 to the ground. God spoke to himself. He said, let us make man in our image. Why did he say that? Because he realized that the source of man is not the earth. The source of man is not the water. The source of man, man comes from God, is sustained by God, and one day we'll return back to God. And God says, never forget. Why? Because I want there to be a relationship. God wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't just want you to have a religion for him. He says, no, from the very beginning, I want a relationship with man. God didn't have to have a relationship with us. He could have just made us like he made the rest. But he said, no, I want to speak to myself so that that's where they'll come out of. See, our bodies come from the earth. It's sustained by the earth like fruits, vegetables, and things like ice cream. Ice cream's healthy. I want to help you out with that because cows eat grass. Cows make milk. Milk makes ice cream. Ice cream is just processed salad, right? (laughs) Praise God. All the nutritionists in the house, I apologize for that. See, your body is sustained by the earth, but your spirit is only sustained by God. That's why in moments of worship like we've had today, all three services when people lift up their hands when people what are they doing I I love I love the picture of lifting up our hands because I think it's just like a branch it's like God I'm just I'm just trying I just want to be connected to you and when we worship, whenever we get out of ourselves, there is a sustenance that comes into our lives, into our hearts, like nothing else. I had someone after last service, right before uh, this service started, come up to me, tears coming down their eyes, they said, "There's the Lord is, God spoke to me today, God helped me today, I was going through something today, and I needed that so, so bad, what was that? It, It wasn't the sermon, it wasn't the songs, it was the vine, it was the true vine, that somebody connected into the vine, and when they connected into the vine, They got connected into the source of their life. That's why Acts 17, 28, Paul says, For in him we live, we move, and we have our being. That I'm blessed because of who I'm connected to. I'm a blessed man because I got connected to a blessed vine. I'm a blessed person because I got connected in with a blessed vine. And Jesus goes on, he gets real. In John chapter 15, verse 2, he says, He cuts off every branch in me. That bears no fruit Speaking of God But watch this next part He says While every branch That does bear fruit He prunes So that It will be more fruitful And I say Time out God I don't like that part like I get excited, I can shout and sing songs about God being the source of my life and the source of my strength and being the provider and the sustainer and the rest- you know we can get all into that all day long, but Jesus is trying to teach us something about the relationship that He wants to have with us and simply saying this that because I love you sometimes I'm going to cut you, and that's what we don't like talking about much in church. He says, every branch, I want to read it again, that does bear fruit, he prunes. I I think I even have a picture of pruning. Maybe I do. Yeah, there we go. He prunes. I did some uh, research just about grapevines and pruning, and I did not realize the art of pruning a vineyard. It is, do a Google search. It's amazing. How many people talk about pruning uh, vineyards? I mean, you can learn about pruning any type of plant, but specifically this illustration that Jesus gives us of pruning the vine, it is the art of great, of great vines and great winemaking because where the, the the quality of the grape has to do with the pruning of the, of the vine. That there's all kinds of tutorials about how to artistically groom the grapevines, and it's amazing how much care uh, people that run vineyards take in the care of these vines. They they number every vine on every single, every one of their grapevines. Every one is numbered and they know every season which one's growing in the right direction and which one, and they, they, they prune in the right places so that the wine and the, the grapes can be better quality and the right quantity. And as I was studying that, I was amazed at what God was saying because I think sometimes we think when we get cut back, it's because God's upset with us. And sometimes we think we get cut back because the devil's trying to cut us back. But what God is trying to say is that when you get connected to me, there are times when you may feel like your life is going in reverse in some area, but it's not true because the reality is as long as you're connected, you can trust me. And that's the second thing that I found in the vine in Jesus is that my trust is in the vine. My trust is in the vine. There are a lot of different things in life we can trust in. But I'll just say this. Anything other than Jesus will let you down. Anything you put ultimate trust in outside of Jesus Christ is going to let you down. Whether, whether it's another person whether it's in your work whether you you just put your trust in something and just mark it down it's not going to sustain you but you can trust in Jesus that's what I you can trust that every single season God's bringing me through the process every single season has a reason and if he's cutting me back it doesn't mean i'm getting cut out it just means he's cutting me back in some area of my life i just want to encourage someone that you're not cut out you're just being cut back And if you're being cut back, you know there's a comeback coming. Maybe you feel like your joy is getting cut back a little bit. Maybe you feel like your peace is getting cut. Maybe you feel like your finances or your some area of your life or your family. God says, if I'm cutting it back, you know there's a comeback coming. Your joy is coming back. Your peace is coming back. Your hope it's coming back. Why? Because you're connected to a blessed vine. See, anybody can worship God when everything's good. It's like the player. You know, wins the game. I just want to give glory to my mama and Jesus Christ. I've never seen a player, you know, a coach after the, after the big lose. Man, I just want to give glory to my mama and Jesus Christ for this, for this loss today. He's pruning me, folks. He's in control. I've never, I've never heard one, one coach say that before. Why? Because we associate the good things with God. And then any time that something gets taken away, we associate it with the enemy. And the reality is, is simply this, that God has a purpose in the pruning of our lives. It's like me with my kids. Um, the other day we were in Florida visiting my dad and uh, my stepmom found a pacifier and, uh, of, one of, my, of one of my boys. And she said, hey, do you want me to give it to Carter? And I said, absolutely not. Been there, done that. That season is over in Jesus' name. And uh, it made me laugh because I thought about how big of a deal it was to take his pacifier away. He loved it. pacifier. I want my pacifier. I want to my pacifier. And then we'd, you know, we'd, 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 we'd try to hide him and throw him away, and he'd get him out of the trash can. I mean, if I, we're going to give him to other kids. That's what we're going to do. You know, everything. He'd find some magical pacifier somewhere. It's you know, just all the way trying to find the pacifier. But, but we came to a point where we said we have to take it away. Because I thought he would find a a date A lot better in high school Without the pacifier in his mouth I don't know Maybe it's a new Maybe it'll be a new style But I just thought The next season of his life Would be better Without the thing that he thought Was bringing him comfort Can you trust your father enough To take some things away And know that it's still gonna be good Some of us are trying to trying so hard to hold on to the fruit that we have that we're spending all of our energy trying to hold on to some things that God's trying to cut back out of our lives. Some of us are avoiding our own prophecy because we're failing to let go of the things that God says, I'm taking out. We're trying to hold on and manipulate people and job situations and and, and trying to get ourselves into places. We're trying to be our own vine. And we're trying to do it all. And I think anytime that I'm stressed out, anxious, uh, f- full, full of, uh, depressed, all these things, and I'm I, I, usually it's because I'm not trusting God to take some things away from me. I'm not, I'm not letting him be the vine. Job said this in Job 23, verse 8. Job was a man who dealt with incredible sorrow in his life. And he says this, and I think it just connects with the reality of our lives. He says, Behold, I go forward. But he's not there You ever thought in your life That God's not there Maybe you're here today And you say Okay God's not even there I go backwards But I don't perceive him On the left hand Where he's working I don't behold him He's working in other people's lives But he's not working in my life He's not working in our family right now We're praying all these prayers That they're seemingly not getting answered God I don't understand He says he turns to the right hand But I don't see him But he knows the way that I take And when he has tried me I shall come forth as gold I want to encourage someone today To let you know that God is not finished with you yet That the pruning has a purpose That God's taking you through the process And it's going to be good And if it's not good yet God's not done yet So keep on in the process Keep on trusting in God And stay connected to the vine you going through something right now? Stay connected in the vine. Are you dealing with some trouble in your life? Don't let go of the vine. Just keep on staying connected. It's my trust. It's, it's in the vine. Jesus says in verse 11, I've told you this. Why? So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus says simply this all of this when you start getting a hold of this you'll start you'll stop riding the roller coaster of happiness and I'll start giving you something called joy you know there's a big difference between joy and happiness you can have a good day and get a raise and have happiness but joy has nothing to do with your circumstance I I, I want you to notice what Jesus said he says I've told you this that my joy will be in you could you say that with me my joy whose joy was Jesus talking about his own you know, when you're connected to the vine, you can have joy. That's the third thing that I've found out about the vine. If you're taking notes, that my joy is in the vine. You ever had peace in the middle of a circumstance that you shouldn't have peace about? You ever been walking through something and you say, "God is good," and everything else around you is not good? You have a... You, maybe you're here today. You got a song on your lips and worshiping, and, and you're going to go home to a terrible situation. And you don't know what to do. What is that? That's being connected to the vine. That's being connected. That's having joy that transcends your circumstance. That's having joy that's joy from another world. That's joy from Jesus. It's not God's will for you to live stressed out, anxious, depressed, critical, always seeing the negative always thinking someone's out to get you, always thinking something's going to be bad. That's, that's, that, that's not God's will for our lives. God wants us blessed. God wants us to have joy. I, I pray somebody just get some fresh Jesus joy here today. We are like, man, I, just, I don't know what's, what it's going to do. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. But, you know, I have joy right here, right now. Why? Not because of what I'm going through, but because of who Jesus is, and I'm connected to that vine. Somebody said amen. Lastly, musicians, you can come. My confidence, my confidence is in the vine. Could you say that with me? My confidence, confidence. I, I just think most people deal with having low self confidence. I think some some of us have really learned to kind of prop ourselves up about it, by the way we look, and have a firm handshake. Or how you doing? Oh, good. I'm doing good. Everything's great. Wonderful. But I, I just I just have a sneaking suspicion that if we could get to the heart and the soul of every single person, we'd see somebody. Needed confidence There's a man in our church He's uh, Incredibly uh, Talented He's accomplished and strong One of the biggest guys that I've ever met I don't know if you guys know John um, John and Trenise incredible couple Shout out to them here on the podcast at this John's a big old Big guy man And shakes your hand It's like shaking a tree's hand Not long after I met John, he came up to me after a service and God had really touched his life. And he said, he said, man, I needed that today. He said, because on the inside, he said, sometimes I'm just a scared little guy. that just needs to be reminded that God's in control. And I looked at him, I thought, you? I can't imagine you being scared of anything. But I realize, you know what? That's in every single one of us. Jesus said in chapter, uh, verse 16 to chapter 15, he says this, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. That's somebody's word today. God said, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that'll last. And, and, and so that whatever you ask, In my name, the Father will give you. God says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Chosen. I'm the man for the job. Nobody can beat me at being me. See, when you're connected, you don't have to be somebody else. You can be you. And that's enough when you're chosen. When you're chosen, you know that God can, can use your life to do something incredible. I wrote in my notes, I'm the best Brandon Shanks in the world. There's nobody better at being me than me. Look around this room today and see if there's another you in here. Three services, I haven't, we haven't found anybody yet. Why? Because God chose you. There's nobody like you. You have no competition. You're the one for the job. That God's called you to do what you are called to do. Like God has purposed you for you to do exactly what you're doing. You're walking, you have a difficult season ahead of you. God has chosen you. If you'll stay connected, he'll make sure he turns that hard season into a blessing. I think so many times about Daniel in this kind of a circumstance because one of the statements I make a lot is is you wouldn't want to be in the lion's den unless your name was Daniel. See, if your name's Daniel, the lion's den doesn't matter. If your name's Daniel, that the lion's den's only going to be the greatest testimony of your life. See, if your name's Daniel, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Because you're connected and you can be confident. Before I step out to preach, every single week I take a step what I do that for, I just, sometimes I say it out loud, sometimes to, to myself, I say, stepping out of me, I'm stepping into that calling and anointing you have in my life, I, I just wish somebody would get that kind of a heart this morning to say, God, I'm stepping out of me, I, I know I got a hard thing, I know I feel like I'm being pruned, I know there's something, but I'm going to step out of me, and we'll step into your anointing, maybe in just a bit, you need to step out of your seat, and come down from, just step out of yourself and you need to step into the anointing of God. See, I think the greatest miracle of Moses' story was not that the stick became a snake. I think the greatest miracle of Moses was that the snake became a stick again. You see, God only used the snake one time in Pharaoh's court. He threw it down and 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 they were amazed and the other magicians they tried to copy it and God only used that miracle one time. But God used the miracle of the stick He used it to cross the Red Sea He even put it in the, in the Ark of the Covenant he, the, All of Moses' life God used that old forgotten stick That branch See, and the reality is Is that many times We're wondering if God can use us And God says, oh, that's the easy part The question is sorry if I broke somebody there somebody's stick is broken the question's not can I use you the question is can I use you and you still be okay for me to pick you back up and you just be a stick again God says I can use anybody but I'm looking for people that are willing to at the end of the day no matter how much I use them at the end of the day they'll never forget and I'm just a stick that has to be connected to the to the vine I'm just a stick that has to be connected to God. God, use me all you want to, but at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm just a stick. See, some of us, we have struggled. We all struggle. I'll say that I struggle. It's it's easy to serve God when things aren't going good, but sometimes when things are going good, we're on the stage of life and where God's using us. It's it's hard at that point to be remember to remember at the end of the day we're just a stick. But God says, "Hey, pick it up, stay connected." Here's the. Re- Here's the conclusion of the matter, simply this. My response to Jesus being the vine is simply this. Stay connected. Stay connected. You're not inadequate. You're more than enough to do what God's called you to do. Why? Not because of you, but because who you're connected to. Stand our feet all over the house today. We just kind of, if you're comfortable doing it, just kind of lift up your hand like some branches. <laughs> Say, God, thank you that I'm a branch. Thank you that my, my life's not dependent on my own knowledge, my own ability, my own talent. God, what I can do, my dreams, my hopes, all the things that are me. God, I'm not my source. Lord, my, the economy is not my source. Lord, other people are not my source. Lord, what's going on around me is not my source. Lord, Lord, my family is not my source. God, you are my source, and I, I receive from you today. God, I'm going to stay connected to you today. I'm going to stay in the vine. I'm going to stay in the vine. No matter what comes my way, God, I'm going to trust you. My trust is in the vine. My life is in the vine. My joy is in the vine. My confidence, I can do everything you've called me to do as long as I stay connected. To you, God, this church is in the vine, Lord City Hills Church. We're just a stick, God, we're just a branch, Lord. We're just we're we're just we're just nobodies, Lord, here in this place, Lord. But you have put your supernatural touch on our lives, God. Help us to always remain connected. Let us never forget who we are, God, and always remain connected to you in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, you're here today and you you're ready to turn it all over to him maybe as this message you're like I haven't been connected to God I haven't been but I want today to get connected to Jesus I want to lead us in a simple prayer we're all going to pray together this is not a magic prayer this is just hopefully to help you get connected it's that faith it's that connection that changes everything if that's you today just simply pray Jesus you're the only one that can save me so would you save me? I give my life to you today. Would you forgive me of my sins? Lord, would you, would you fill me with your spirit? I don't want to be the same anymore. I want to be connected to you. All of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we just thank God for what he's doing in the house? Yes, Lord. We're going to stay connected, God. This is the most important part of our gathering here. It's is an opportunity to respond. We always... Sing a song Just to give us an opportunity to, to let God speak to our hearts And also if you need prayer For any area of your life There's going to be serve team down front That would love to pray with you Nobody's going to embarrass you um, We would just love to join with you in prayer and, uh, and Or maybe you just need to kind of Just step forward and just respond to God But this is a day Where it's time for some of us To get reconnected to make a fresh commitment to say, God, I'm getting connected to the vine. I'm disconnecting from the false vines, and I'm getting connected to the real, to the true vine that's you, Jesus. So, Father, I pray you draw anyone who needs prayer today in Jesus' name. Why don't we pray, sing, and respond.